The Nashville Predators fall to one and two after this weekend's loss to the Boston Bruins, but their record doesn't tell the full story of the first week of the regular season. On today's Locked on Predators, we're going to look at some numbers that do tell us a little bit more about this new Nashville Predators team. And it is Monday. That means the first plus minus of the regular season. All that's coming up today on the Locked on Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Of course, have to kick off the episode by giving our special shout out to our Locked On Predheads, our everyday friends who tune in Monday to Friday to listen and talk with us about Predators hockey. Y'all, we thank you for your support. We love that we get to spend a part of your day with us. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at the Hockey News. I'm usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan, but Nick is off for a little bit. We have a lot to talk about on today's show. Of course, we're going to recap that Saturday night loss to the Boston Bruins. And it is Monday, which means the first plus minus of the regular season. And there are some pluses and minuses that we need to talk through. We're going to tackle all of that today. But before we dive in, I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. You can download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. So the Nashville Predators just wrapped up their first week of the regular season. They finished with a one and two record in their first three games. Of course, Saturday night, they lost to the Boston Bruins by a score of three to two. And we're going to talk about that game because there are some things that happened Saturday night that tell us a little bit more about this very new Nashville Predators team. Just in case you may have missed the game on Saturday night, just real quick, this is what happened. And then we're going to get to our one word to describe the game. The Predators did get on the board first in the game against Boston with a goal from Colton Sissons, y'all. Kiefer Sherwood scooped up a rather juicy rebound off of UC Saros's pads, carried it through the neutral zone, and he did find Colton Sissons, who scored uh, in the first period around 3.30 into the first period. James Van Reems Dyke evened it up with a power play goal later in the first. I believe that was his first as a Bruin. David Pasternak was awarded a penalty shot, which is a whole thing for me, uh, to make the score two to one with about three minutes left in the second period. Who but Colton Sissons again scores to tie the game up. He tipped a Roman Yossi shot in to even the score two to two going into the third period. The third period difference a power play goal by yet again, James Van Riemsdyk. It gave Boston the lead. Predators went empty net with a little less than three minutes remaining. They pressured, but couldn't get anything past Jeremy Swayman and the Preds fall to Boston three to two. So of course, after the game headed to Twitter and put out a call, what is your one word to describe this game against the Boston Bruins? Because 
this was not maybe the game we expected to see from the Nashville Predators for a couple of reasons. So I was interested to see how you all viewed the game Saturday night. So here are some of what you had to say was one word. Goalie Mode Liz shared her one word and it was acceptable, which... I cannot argue with that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what is acceptable and where expectations have been and are and should be for the Nashville Predators. So I like that word. Brian the Gamer 24, his one word was stay out of the box. That's one word, right? It is actually one word, Brian, because you hyphenated every one of those. <laughs> and plus, we just don't have rules. <laughs> so stay out of the box. Oh, y'all, the penalty thing. Gonna have to talk about that this episode as well in plus minus. Justin Murdoch, your one word, missed opportunities. And I do not disagree with this word, but I have to say I'm surprised that we get to use the one word, the term missed opportunities in a game by the Nashville Predators against the Boston Bruins, because who really would have thought at the beginning of the preseason that missed opportunities would be the difference in this game? We're going to talk a little bit more about that. And Jeannie Risler, Risler, Jeannie, hope I get that right. Uh, one word was battled. Love this word. Love what we're seeing from the Nashville Predators. So my one word, and you know, we've been doing this for three seasons now. So at some point, one words get a little bit tricky, but this is the absolute perfect one word. And I am stealing it because I know for a fact that Nick has used this one word before because we had a whole discussion about it. My one word is the first Rocky movie. And the reason I know Nick has used this word is because he was appalled that I have never seen the any of the Rocky movies, but especially the first. But take heart, everyone. Uh, I recently, a couple months ago, sat down with um, my son, who is a movie aficionado, and we watched the first Rocky movie. And in this movie, Rocky was not even supposed to be in this fight. He had no business being in a fight with Apollo Creed. No one gave him a chance, but he trained hard. He battled. Spoiler alert, he loses the fight, which can I tell you was totally a shock to me and I did not see that coming. He loses the fight, but it ends up being a fight that earns Rocky respect and it reveals more about his talent, more about his character. Again, like crappy ending, y'all. Why did nobody warn me that he loses that? But that is kind of a microcosm of this Boston Bruins game. You know, this was a game that really the Nashville Predators had no business being in. I mean, the Boston Bruins won the President's Trophy last year. No, they're not the exact same roster, but they are a top contention team. They are a playoff team. They are a power team. And the Nashville Predators this season are not projected to be any of those things. After the game, I tweeted out, you know, I hate this loss, but I love the talent, the fight, and the growth that we're seeing. And I think that is so true. It's disappointing um, because there were missed opportunities. 
But it's also surprising that the Nashville Predators have been hanging in some of their games in this first week of the season. I think that they are exceeding some expectations, but leaving us with a little bit of disappointment as well. So it's a mixed bag, which is a great reason to have a plus minus. We're going to break down some of the positives from this first week of the season, and we are going to talk about some of those missed opportunities. Overall, we're learning a lot about this Nashville Predators team. There's a lot to like, but we're going to talk about those in our plus minus segment, and that is going to be coming up in just a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by our great friends at Sleeper. Tommy Novak scores a hat trick. The Predators win the Stanley Cup. You win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey on the Sleeper app. Look, these are all possible scenarios for this season, but to have a chance at the winning big, you need to play daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper. Sleeper is our top choice for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. With Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Fans can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper. And if you're looking for a community to talk to about the Preds and about fantasy hockey, Sleeper has a group team chat function to connect you with other fans. You could choose Philip Forsberg and pick more or less on stats like goals, assists, or plus minus, and you could get 100 times your money on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right to win big. The app is easy to use and your entries can be made in less than a minute. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. The Nashville Predators are one and two after their first week of the regular season. And coming up this week, we have what I lovingly refer to as the Parade of X's. On Tuesday night, they face the Edmonton Oilers, and this will be the return of Matthias Ekholm to Bridgestone Arena. Y'all, get your tissues ready. It's going to be a whole thing. Uh, Also, the Predators will face the New York Rangers and former head coach Peter LaViolette. And Saturday night, the San Jose Sharks come to town, and the Predators are going to face off against former teammates Luke Cunnan and Mikhail Granlin. So a week ahead of X's and some challenging games as well. Very much like this first week of the regular season, a lot of challenges right out of the gate for a new Nashville Predators team with a new system, new roster, new head coach. And there have been some good things about this uh, first week of the season, some surprises. There's been some disappointment. So let's break it down with some pluses and minuses. And of course, You know, we are nothing if not optimistic here. So we are always going to start off with a plus. And just overall, my first plus goes to the Predators for the trajectory of the team. So if you think back to what we saw in the first couple of games of the preseason from the Nashville Predators, and then if you had come to me after some of those preseason games and said, hey, The Predators are going to be competitive against Tampa Bay, Seattle, and Boston in the first week of the season. I would have said, nope. Like, there is no way this team was going to get to the level they needed to be at to be competitive against these top teams. Friends, I would have been wrong. 
So if you look past that first period of the first game against Tampa Bay, where the Predators came out very tentative, Andrew Brunette referred to it as jittery. It was not a great first period of hockey, but then they came out in the second and third period against Tampa Bay. And since then, they have played very consistent, competitive hockey. You know, and there's a part of me, even after the Tampa Bay game, that was holding my breath for kind of a fall off the cliff. Like, is this good play, this strong performance, a little bit of an adrenaline rush, and then we're going to kind of crash back down? And I'm not saying that that won't happen because there are going to be steps backward for this Predators team. That's the way growth works. It is not linear, whether it is life or hockey. At some point, the Nashville Predators are going to stumble a little bit. So brace yourself for that. But overall, when you look at the trajectory of this team from preseason to now, I don't think anybody would have thought that they would have played the way they did this first regular season. So for me, that is a huge plus for the Nashville Predators. We're going to dive into some numbers in this next plus. This plus is about numbers that tell us something about the Preds. So our first number is 101 to 88, and that is the shots on goal. The Nashville Predators have outshot their opponents 101 to 88. Now, this is not the widest margin for sure, but one of the goals of this new Predators team, this new Predators system, is they wanted puck possession, they wanted more offensive, they wanted more pucks on net, and they've done that if you look at shots on goal. And here's what's super interesting. They've done it against teams that are very offensively minded. So this is a big step forward for the Nashville Predators. Another number that is a plus, eight and eight. The Predators and their opponents have each scored eight goals. Now, that is just okay. Uh, but if you look at the fact that the Predators have the same number of goals in three games as their opponents, you have to factor in who the opponents are. Boston, second most goals scored last season. Seattle, fourth most goals scored last season. And Tampa Bay, they were eighth in goals scored last season. So the Predators are matching three top 10 teams from last season in goals, goal for goal. Last season, Nashville was 28th in the league for goals scored. So even though this is a very small sample size, this is an encouraging stat. The Nashville Predators are generating some offense. Also, the defense is stepping up, and UC Saros, my friends, has come out of the gate pretty hot. We've talked about how he tends to be a slow starter. We have not seen that so far from him. So I think that there are some positives, some pluses when you look at numbers from the first three games of the season. If we are going to talk numbers, we are going to have to face some other numerical facts one of them that is a huge minus is the fact that the Nashville Predators power play is one for 14. And friends, that is a minus. Uh, Nashville has not been able to finish on what Luke Evangelista adorably calls the peeper. Um, Saturday, Saturday night's game against Boston, the Predators were 0 for 7 on the man advantage. And friends, that is not going to win you games. And that is not going to give the Nashville Predators a shot at the postseason. One of the biggest factors in that Stanley Cup run season in the President's Trophy season was how good the Predators power play was. Got to get back to that. 
couple things to keep in perspective as you look at that abysmal one for 14 number. You kind of have to balance it out. It is a negative. This is a minus. I'm not making excuses. But you have to remember that Nashville in training camp had to implement full systems, five-on-five systems. So the power play was something that we really didn't see get much work until the very end of training camp and in practices. So now it's starting to get that focused attention. So I have hope that it is going to improve. Also factor in, this is a different system, but you're also working with very different personnel. So the Predators have lost Matt Duchesne, Ryan Johansson, Mikhail Granlin. Those were all top power play unit guys for the Nashville Predators who have been together for seasons. You are now working with players like Cody Glass. We've brought in Tyson Berry, who's only been with the team since the trade deadline last season. Uh, Tommy Novak and Barry have kind of subbed in and out on that top unit. You're also adding in Ryan O'Reilly, a new player. So you are not only implementing a new system, but you're doing it with players who are still learning to read each other. So there is an, it's not, I'm not speaking anything yet over the power play, even though they are one for 14, because I think that they're still putting some things together. And look, that first power play in the Tampa Bay game was woof. Like that was so rough. They couldn't get in the zone. They kept turning the puck over. They couldn't get anything set up. And it was just, you know, power play PTSD from from the struggles that the Predators have had in the past. But for the most part, from then on, the power play has gotten zone time. They have gotten some good looks. They have gotten some shots on goal but they have to finish. Now, it has not been perfect. They've got to improve, but they're moving in the right direction. It's a work in progress. They've got to get better quickly. There is too much talent on Nashville's top unit and second unit for this team not to be better on the power play. That is a minus. The other minus that we are going to have to talk about real quick, and you know If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. There are no snacks in the sin bin. The Nashville Predators have given up 12 power play chances and two penalty shots. Now, this could be a number of things. This could be bad habits carrying over from last season. This could be confusion over a new system and players maybe trying to overplay something or being uncertain, or it can just plain be bad decisions in the moment. Honestly, it almost doesn't matter because it all has to clear up. Tuesday, you have the best power play team in the league in Edmonton coming to Bridgestone Arena. You can have no margin for error. You cannot be in the penalty box. And Andrew Burnett has said that. We cannot commit dumb penalties. The Predators have done a little bit too much with that. Now, penalty shots, this is a thing for me. Um... Interesting that in three games, Saros has faced two penalty shots. And there's a part of me that's like, okay, in the first game against Tampa Bay, I'm like, it's the first game of the season. It's exciting. The ref's going to err on the side of a penalty shot just, you know, for show. Uh, And I'm not saying that it was a made-up call, but I'm just saying, you know, like, hey, it's first game of the season. Let's make it exciting. Let's give it a penalty shot. But I'm surprised by the penalty shot in Boston And it also feels a little bit like, is this going to become the new slash? Remember last season, season before that, they were real big on watching for slashes and every little thing was a thing. And I'm like, is this going to be the new slash, this penalty shot? We're going to have to keep an eye on that. But the bottom line is stop committing penalties. And also when it comes to a penalty that could result in a penalty shot, 
err on the side of letting Soros follow through with the play on his own, because I think he is going to do better defensively. He's going to do better defending the net, following through on that play in the play than on a penalty shot. So that's just my two cents. But the bottom line is, and we all know it, the Nashville Predators have to clean up penalties. There are a couple other numbers that I want us to look at. One is a minus, but we are, of course, going to end on a plus because we are optimists here at Locked on Predators. As we wrap up this week's plus minus, we're going to do that coming up in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by our great friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 100 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay's guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. And we're going to start this last segment off with a minus, and it is the number one and two. It's hard to say this as a minus because I think if you would have told anybody at the beginning of the preseason, the Predators would come out against Tampa Bay, Seattle, and Boston and walk away week one being one and two. And that would have felt like a win. And in a lot of ways, this feels like a win. Here's why it is a minus. The Predators were in both of those losses. Those losses really were one goal losses. Tampa Bay did score literally a last second empty net goal to make it a 5-3 game. But these were one goal games in which the Predators gave up power play goals, in which the Nashville Predators didn't finish on a couple of opportunities. And so it's very hard when you really look at the games the Predators played last week to say we are one and two and have it not feel like a minus because... And this seems unlikely to say out loud, the Nashville Predators could have finished up their first week 3-0. And that was nearly unthinkable when we saw this team in the preseason, was it not? This team could have been 3-0. So I feel like it's a minus in the sense that the Predators were so close in those two losses and they weren't able to close them out. And I think that that is frustrating to the team as well. They know that they were competitive against Tampa Bay and Boston and couldn't get it done. So those are the difference thing. Those are the difference makers that are going to change the way this season goes for the Predators. When you are facing top teams and you are in a one goal game, you find a way to win that game. And the Predators did not do that. So for me, being one and two, yeah, it, it is a plus. And I feel good about what we've seen from the Predators. But I hate the fact that it could be three and oh. 
Let's see what they do moving forward, especially this week with the Oilers and the Rangers coming up. Let's see if the Predators can close out close games because not doing that is a minus and it will change what happens with this team. Of course, we would be remiss if we did not end on a plus because that's who we are as people here at Locked On Predators. And so for our final plus of the first week of the regular season, we are going to travel 568 miles to the north, my friends. We are going to go up to Milwaukee on Saturday night. The Milwaukee Admirals kicked off their regular season. They played their opening game against the Chicago Wolves. And this is a challenging opening game. The Chicago Wolves, a great team, really strong franchise. But the Admirals were also facing off against two former teammates. One, Rocco Grimaldi, who Nashville Predators fans have loved uh, he is playing in the AHL, of course, played for the Milwaukee Admirals for several seasons as well. Also, they were facing off against Cole Schneider. And Cole Schneider was the captain of the Milwaukee Admirals last season. Very well-respected, great player, a great leader. I think the Admirals hated to see him go and sign with the Chicago Wolves, but that's what he did. Uh, the Admirals came out, they dominated in shots on goal, but they struggled to close this game out in regulation. They did get the overtime win less than a minute into overtime as Fedor Svechkov found a streaking Spencer Stasny, y'all. Up the ice, Stasny scored the game-winning goal. I think it was about 45 seconds into the overtime. And again, you know... I've said it before here at Lockdown Predators, I really like Spencer Stasny's game. This is a player who obviously skates incredibly well, but he has speed. He is very smart. Uh, he's responsible defensively. He also has a lot of offensive upside that maybe we don't focus on. And the other thing I will say about Spencer Stasny, it makes me laugh. We talked with him some in training camp, and he's really had a different route to the NHL uh, than typical. He played NCAA hockey, played at Notre Dame, stayed and graduated there. I believe his degree is in film studies. And we got to talking with Stasny at training camp. And I'm telling you, he is that Dos Equis, Dos Equis, I can't remember the name of the beer, the man that the commercial says is the most interesting man in the world. Y'all, that is like Spencer Stasny. That's what he's going to grow into. He is just such an interesting person interesting player on the ice, really interesting player and person to get to talk to off the ice. So love seeing Spencer Stasny win the first game of the season for the Milwaukee Admirals. Another thing of note from this game, uh, it was 1-1 at the end of regulation. It was Denis Garyanov that scored the goal to tie the game up for the Admirals and take it into overtime. You know, this is a player to keep an eye on in Milwaukee. I'm sure that going to the AHL was not on his bingo card for the season when he signed with the Nashville Predators. But the Admirals could be a really great place for Garyanov to kind of find his confidence, get his game, find some mojo. And it's a player to keep your eye on as somebody who the Predators could potentially call up from Milwaukee at some point, depending on how his season goes there. So huge plus to the Milwaukee Admirals, to Spencer Stasny, and to Dennis Garyanov 
for uh, getting the Admirals on the board, tying the game game up and um, them getting their first win of the season. Admirals are going to be such a fun team to watch with Fedor Svechkov, of course, Yaroslav Askarov in net, Joachim Kamel, Spencer Stasny, Mark Delgaizo, another player who had just a killer training camp. He is going to be really exciting to watch and a player to keep your eye on as this season goes on. Will he end up in Nashville? We're going to uh, keep our eye on that and, and, uh, See how that goes for Mark Delgaizo. Matias Ekholm returns tomorrow night. We are going to talk about that Ekholm-Berry trade deadline move last season. What did it mean for each of those two teams? Who came out on top? Not my heart. My heart did not come out on top. Uh, and Ekholm is expected to play tomorrow night. He did miss some time in the preseason and the season, or season opener for the Oilers. He's got a hip flexor issue. He was back in the lineup Saturday night as the Oilers took on the Canucks. The Oilers are coming in to um, Bridgestone Arena 0-2. So they are going to be saucy and sassy, and it is going to be an interesting game. We're going to talk about it, of course, tomorrow on the Locked on Predators podcast. So this is what we have Monday, plus minus a lot to look forward to this week. If you have questions or thoughts on the plus minuses of last week or questions about what's coming up this week for the Nashville Predators, you know you can always find the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. We would love to hear from you. We're also now on Instagram and Facebook, so you can give us a shout out there as well. You can find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. You can check out my work at InsideThePreds.com for the hockey news. We are going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for joining us and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We'll be back tomorrow to talk Matthias Ekholm, Tyson Berry, Edmonton Oilers. Hope you all have a great Monday.